0: Hey, what's up everyone, Talcasters, this is episode 21. This is a special episode because my favorite band, the Kings of Leon, are releasing their eighth studio album soon. We got some teasers on the socials recently, and I'm freaking pumped! So, naturally, I got Danny from Austria on the show. She runs the biggest Kings of Leon fan blog on the internet today. So, she's the moral authority on their music, she's been to tons of their shows, and she's a super rad person. Um, I'm glad that I got to connect with her all the way across the world via Zoom because of the miracle of technology Um, I'm going to link her Instagram page at KOLFanblog in the show notes I'm also going to link to my music in the show notes so that the Kings if they're listening to this they can hear it and they can invite me on tour that's the plan so uh, Caleb, Nathan, Jared, Matt if you're listening to this check out my tunes I'd love to open for y'all I've been a fan since I was you know prepubescent boy so Hit me up. Um yeah, like and subscribe, go follow Danny on her socials. She's a really cool person and an awesome human and a fellow music fan. So let's hop into the conversation. All right, Danny, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Good, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty rad. I've never um zoomed with anyone from Austria before. I'm in New York in the States, so this is pretty rad and it's cool to to see your face, I followed your, your Instagram as like a diehard Kings of Leon fan. You have like the biggest fan page out there. So, um, how did that happen? Like, tell me about how you built the page.
1: I mean, uh, I don't know if you're aware, like back in the day, like, uh, early on, there was this other fan page, uh, run by a girl named Leanne. She's from Scotland.
0: It was named,
1: um, closer to KOL.com. And she like had all the info and I always uh, connected to that page. And uh, in 2013, I think she kind of stopped, you know, like she's still a diehard fan, but you know, it's a lot of work. And she just uh, focused on other stuff. And there was this lack of information, you know, nobody was posting videos, uh, news articles and stuff. So I kind of jumped in and created, uh, the KOL fan blog account and yeah, it went crazy from there. So it was a lot of fun to create all the content and to connect, uh, to connect with other fans.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so that being said, what was like your first experience with Kings of Leon's music? Like what made you a fan? When did you first hear him?
1: It's so cliche because <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm from Austria. I don't know if I could have, uh, got into their music earlier. I don't know, but I joined, uh, the fandom during the only by the night era. Like my yeah. first, uh, my first, uh, impression was the sex on fire video. I have to say it is what it is. And, yeah. nothing um, wrong,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like it was like their first album that was like globally popular. Right. Yeah. So that's makes true. Sense. So like, that's when you would, would have like picked up, picked them up on your radar, you know? So yeah. no shame. It's a good album
1: it is it is yeah and shortly after um i was uh, going on a business trip to london in the uk and i saw that they are playing the o2 arena so i just bought a ticket and went there on my own and it was the first show i went to it was the one that ended up on the dvd the, no way. the yeah the live recording and i was way up in the seats you know in the nose please and i was there on my own and i had the best time with uh, other fans around me yeah, and it's you know it's history. Since then, I've went to a lot of gigs, and that was my my first life experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so rad. I feel like um, for me, like I'm I'm also a musician, and like a band being able to play really well live is important to me. And I feel like Kings of Leon, they're like almost better than the record live. You know, they're just so good at what they do.
1: Um, that's true. So so that's that's also. Kind of an important topic for me because, like, uh, th- uh, seeing them live is not so much about the show, but more about the music. And there's always this discussion: is it boring or is it not boring? You know, uh, I don't know how you say it. Like, I go there for the music, and I rather hear a band play live, like really good. And it's not so much about being entertained. I always say, like, I would, I would take another friend of mine to a Killers concert. Do you know The Killers?
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen them, yeah. yeah.
1: Because, you know, Brandon Flowers is fun, he jumps around all the time, so even if you don't know anything about the band or the music, you will be entertained. He's not the best live singer, but, you know, you go there for the fun. Right. But with Kings of Leon, I think it's, it's kind of, obviously, Caleb doesn't jump around all the time, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of in his spot. But that's what I enjoy about the live shows—like that the focus is on the music, and like you said, the quality is insanely good. Like I've heard people beside me, standing beside me, talking about, "No way, this is live! It sounds like it's like uh, what's it called? If it's not live, like playback or like yeah, track. yeah, yeah, yeah." So there's always this discussion, and with the Walls tour, I felt it was the first time they kind of put a lot more effort in the show aspect of mm-hmm. the tour with the, I don't know where you're able to see one of the walls shows.
0: Yeah. So I, I saw a walls show in Chula Vista in California on the West coast. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, it was cool. Like I loved how they did the like a little acoustic thing in front of the, um, in front of the, uh, curtain. And then it like pulled yeah. back during walls and they did the whole like secondary version of walls. They, and they also played. So, as a little tangent, so I became a fan, um, when, because of the times came out, that was like my first exposure to the band. And like, that's still my favorite record of theirs, even though I love all of them. And so they played the runner, um, in front Ooh, of, yeah. in front of the curtain. And I was like freaking out cause that's like one of my favorites, but it's kind of not necessarily like a, it's kind of more of like a obscure track. And so hearing that I was like, I don't know, that was a big moment for me. And then, yeah, like the whole curtain pulled back and, I still feel like they they maintained like the the quality of performance and like the musical quality even though the show was a little bit more like orchestrated which I thought was really cool kind of a cool like new chapter for them you know
1: it was a really good balance uh between like like you said keeping keeping the the performance and the the music aspect and to do something to make it a little bit more interesting and I have been to a lot of shows and I have to say like the walls shows are one of my favorites because like you said, I think the acoustic part was a really, really good idea and added so much quality to it because that's what fans want to see. And you know how it is when, when I also saw the runner of a couple of times on, on this tour and what I was most impressed with, and that's also a quality of Caleb's voice. I think when you decide to do an acoustic uh, song, during a show, I think it can either go both ways. Either everyone goes and get a, gets a beer, you know, and the crowd starts talking over your scene, mm-hmm. or it goes the yeah. other way, where everyone is like quiet, and you can hear the needle drop, and everyone is listening. And I felt like uh, I was really nervous the first time uh, I went to the show because, like, which way is it going, you know? Right. And I've seen, I think, fifteen walls shows. And during every show, it was that quiet. So everyone was listening. Also during walls, which starts, like, I think he's, he's, did he do walls acoustic too? Yeah, I think he started alone outside in front of the curtain with walls and then it opened up. Yeah. So I was really I was really happy that it went so well. Uh, I mean, you are a musician. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when you play a quiet song and then the audience doesn't oh. really listen?
0: Totally. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I've played a lot of gigs and like, that's always something that's a little bit scary to like insert a song into the set that maybe people don't really know, or it's a little bit more mellow because yeah, like when people start talking over it it certainly ruins the vibe and you feel, I don't know, sometimes it's tempting to just play like all bangers all the time so that people are high energy the whole time. But I feel like they took that risk and they're at the point in their career too, where I feel like, um, Obviously, like, the Sex on Fire era was, like, they were huge, and you had a lot of people going to the shows just because they knew, like, you, somebody, or Sex on Fire, but I feel like now um, their shows are filled with, like, fans who have been around for, you know, more than 10 years, and so it's, like, people are there to to see them, I feel like, more, which is kind of a cool era to be in.
1: Um, That's true. I mean like i Go ahead. like i like i said i went to the first shows uh in 2009 and to a couple since then and i understand what you mean like in the in the first uh, album cycles uh, like uh, during the come around sundown era and you had really had the feeling people were only there for sex on fire and use somebody mm-hmm. uh but during mechanical bull i noticed a real change like when they first uh put out the show for the Mechanical Bull tour, you could really see people singing along to the new songs, like being there for not only Sex and Fire and You Somebody, but, you know, like knowing uh, the Mechanical Bull songs and getting really into it. So I can kind of understand what you mean that now they are at the point where people are also coming again for like the whole catalog or yeah, like the newer albums, you know, and not only for these two songs. So. Yeah i wonder if they will ever get to a point where they don't have to play it you know i think i was at one show where they didn't play sex on fire
0: oh really like
1: like every every other show they had to play it and i know it's controversial amongst fans you know some hate it some love it but i think like i have to admit i still listen to it on the radio when i'm driving or something it's a great song i mean obviously there's this debate if it's he has so many great songs, which it would be have, would be worth getting a Grammy for, you know. And he got he got it for "Sex on Fire," yeah. um, but I mean, wh- they wouldn't be where they are without this song, you know. It gave them the opportunity to to be more flexible creatively, and you know, to to keep their record contracts and stuff like that. So I cannot be mad about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm like. When it, my opinion on on the the big songs is like you know I love them I, I feel like what I love about Kings of Leon because I mean here in the United States there's not as many Kings of Leon fans as you might think it's kind of I feel like uh, the states has been like a harder like a tougher audience for them but I feel like I love whenever I'm explaining to people that aren't fans I love the fact that like they don't rely on anything to really sell what they're doing like production wise or um, theatrics like i feel like a song like sex on fire like it's super simple but like his vocal performance is amazing and like the instrumentation is like really simple but like really precise and so i feel like i have respect for that and like respect for the craft you know of just being able to sell a song like that and i i blast it on the radio you know i blast it in my car like i anything that they've done i'm not really ashamed to say that i like it you know (laughs) even if it's like commercially successful um so yeah i love it that's where i'm at so we're i think we're both on the same page there and like i love only by the night i think it's a great record even though it's commercially successful i know that the hipsters might might disagree i I don't really care
1: i really i really hate this discussion about uh i'm gonna say it like the sellout uh argument that always keeps coming up in the facebook groups and stuff like that you know yeah but who is to blame like we don't know if it was intentional or not, you know, it's, the, it's only the band who knows. But even if it was, I mean, come on, everyone has uh, to, to you know, uh, wants to earn some money and everyone uh, wants to keep their record contracts and stuff. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not easy. Like what I'm liking about Kings of Leon, like they, they can fill out their arenas with their sound. Mm-hmm. So that's also what I thought about only by the night, like the songs got bigger and bigger to, to make them, um, appealing in the arenas. You know what I mean? Like the indie sound, it kind of doesn't work in the arenas. So that's also not an easy task. So everyone who's complaining, try to do it yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I honestly, like every time they release an album, my hope is that it's like as popular as possible. You know, yeah. I I literally I want like as many people to hear them as as physically possible, you know, because I like their music means so much to me. So I feel like I naturally want to share it with other people. Like I've never really understood the the like sellout mentality. Um yeah. it's interesting. I don't know if you said that you met the band uh briefly, maybe, but like it kind of seemed like Caleb wasn't super into the mainstream success that came during Only by the Night or like he didn't really like it. I don't know if that's different now but that's kind of the vibe that I get. Do you think that's true?
1: I mean, obviously I didn't uh, get a chance to talk with with him about stuff like that, but I've read a lot of interviews and um, I think what's pretty sure, or what can I say, what I can say is uh, it seems like in the beginning, he kind of was a little bit overwhelmed uh, with the success for this particular song. Yeah. You know, because he has written so many great songs like Wicker Chair and stuff like that. And, you know, and I think in the beginning during the shows he got really, really angry and there's no denying the fact that people were only there for Sex and Fire and use somebody. And I was at some shows where I actually called out people uh, for leaving the arena after Sex on Fire, you know. So I think that it, at the beginning he definitely had some kind of love or hate relationship with the song or, or the situation it created. You know, but 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 now when he plays it live, I often um, see him smile. You know, I kind of, I kind of think he accepted it and has fun with it now. So I mean, obviously that's my opinion, but I've seen them play a lot, and um, I can I can definitely confirm that in the beginning there was something going on. You know, like maybe he wasn't uh, so comfortable with it, not so much with the song, but with the reaction. The only for those two songs, people being there, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but nowadays he seems at ease with it. And I mean, it's a great, a great moment during the live shows when all the people sing along to the songs and it gives, it still uh, gives me goosebumps every time.
0: I agree. I'm with you. I I love it. I think it's a great song. And I, I'm glad that they're like in a healthier headspace now, you know, I can't imagine what that would have been like to go from like the small town guys that they were to like, selling out arenas across the world and people knowing your music. And I feel like that, like pe- that transition to fame, like a lot of people don't even survive that. So I feel like they're in a more comfortable headspace now from what I can tell. So I'm stoked on that. Cause we got a new record coming. So, um, I'm super stoked. What are your, like, what are your initial thoughts on the snippets of the songs? Like what, how are you feeling about the new album?
1: I mean, I have to say like, I'm usually. A, it takes me some time to get into new music, and those uh, two snippets are definitely not enough to get me hooked yet. You know, Sure. it's kind of. Um, how, how, how should I describe it? Like, I like. Uh, if 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 you ask me, I like the the. God, I forgot it. Must catch the bandit, was yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like this one more, but you never, you cannot tell. It's like thirty seconds of footage. You know, they it, it could have just taken this part that's really mellow, and the the song opens up. In reality, I don't know yet. You know, but I'm definitely excited that there is some new music. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we have waited for ages. I think it's the longest break yet usually yeah. they have they have about two or three years between between album cycles, so um yeah it, it's it's not good to say, but to be honest, like I would take anything at this time of, at this point you know
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I feel but, uh, for sure I feel like um they i mean they probably planned on releasing it a year ago, right, because that's when they made the wait is over announcement, so I feel like you know with with coronavirus, I feel like they they've obviously been forced to wait and see like if they, if they're even able to play live shows. Um,
1: I mean, I mean, obviously I don't have any inside info, but I'm like, I'm with you. I'm hundred percent sure they were set to at least start, you know, the, the cycle sure. around that time when they posted the wait is over mm-hmm. uh, or the wait is nearly over. When, when was it in, in, in March or, or February, 2020. Uh, yeah. So, I'm with you. I think uh, COVID uh, delayed everything. And, you know, in, in March, April, everyone thought it's going to be a couple of months and then it's fixed and then we can release it and then we can tour. Yeah. And I think, at, I mean, that's my personal opinion. I think at this point, everyone is realizing this pandemic is going to be with us in 2021 too. So, um, life yeah, They're, they're kind of like, might life,
0: as well, might as well put it out, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah.
1: And I'm okay. pretty sure like they are proud of it, so I mean you' you've been sitting on this new music for this long, and you just wanna you know uh, present it to people and 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 get it out there. I think Jared, I had the feeling like from his tweets that Jared uh, in particular was really, really you know anxious to get it out. It
0: seems like from what I gather as a big fan of the band, Jared is the most opinionated. On Twitter, as far as like going against what the band will say, like I remember when they had the big blow up in Dallas on mm-hmm. the Come Around Sundown tour, he yeah. like tweeted about that first, and um that's true. Certainly yeah. glad that they've reconciled. It seems like, but yeah, he he was kind of like, yeah, seemed like he was apologizing to the fans for making him wait so long, you know, for the new record or whatever. But do they have any shows booked for for the new album or like any? I think I saw like a festival maybe in twenty twenty one.
1: I mean, they they definitely had a couple of shows booked for summer 2020, which obviously didn't happen. And some of them got postponed to uh, June 2020. Like, there are, I think, three UK shows, like Mm -hmm. single shows, no festivals, that are still on the the map. But I don't think so. Like, to be honest, like, big tours need, uh, you know, a lot of planning. And right. also, in insurance will also be a a, a thing that uh, it would will be really hard to get. Yeah. And uh, un- unless you know, in these times where it's still so uncertain, so even though it, the pandemic might be you know kind of contained by summer, I think big bigger tours won't happen till the fall at least. You know, because of the the work that goes into it beforehand. So I don't know. I'm I'm really really. Uh, anxious to see what they come up with uh, for in terms of marketing and stuff for this new album and because they have to i don't know like let's say taylor swift or sean mendes let's face it i mean if they put something out it sells itself they have like a hundred million followers on all the social media right so they don't need the tour but kings of leon has always that's by feeling been a band who's promoted their music through touring like i i cannot remember an album release that didn't, uh, uh, wasn't followed immediately by a tour or they, or they showcased some songs of of the new album during the summer festivals and stuff like that. So they always were a band who relied heavily on touring to promote the album. So (laughs) obviously that's not going to happen in 2021.
0: Which I'm super bummed on that because, um, so I'm I'm just going to put this out there. My dream is to open for them on tour. I'm just like bueno. <laughs> just manifest that, you know. I'm a musician and like they inspired me to to make music when I was in high school. So if they're listening to this, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing that out there into the universe. But uh yeah, I I feel like their their live set really sells their music. And so I wonder yeah. if they'll do some sort of like a YouTube, um a lot of bands have been doing that, you know, where they do like a high def, well mixed, um, you know, like, live performance. And they, they've done some of that. Like, I know that they did, like, the Dancing on My Own cover for, yeah. like, the BBC. Um, yeah. They did the uh, some on, on the walls thing. And, and I know that they, they released that acoustic song, Going Nowhere, which I dug a lot. And I feel like... Oh, it's really good. They definitely, like, could do some cool stream concerts that I would be down to, to check out. Did you... you know?
1: Because you're mentioning uh, Going Nowhere, did you... Did you catch the fact that he was talking about that song in 2009 already?
0: Yeah, it's wild, right? So it's been around it's for, wild. for like yeah. a decade, you know.
1: Yeah. So so I'm curious like um so if the band is listening, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's put it out there like I think we we deserve like a good live stream. We deserve like some Q&A videos explaining the the story behind the songs, stuff like that. Yeah. So I really hope by keeping, I'm keeping fingers crossed that uh, they release something, you know, in terms of live streams or, or like little snippets of behind the scenes footage, stuff like that, that goes along with, with the release of the new album.
0: Yeah. It would be amazing. I agree. Um, so I want to talk now about some specifics. All right. So what's your favorite Kings of Leon album and why Danny?
1: I mean like I don't I don't like saying I like everything because I think uh it's important to to you know not blindly like everything but to to choose what you like sure but I, I'm going to contradict myself <laughs> right away because like there's really no favorite album I really I really uh like every album in its own way I definitely have albums that I play more often which sure. is uh, because of the times and also uh, mechanical bull. I really like those two, like maybe okay. more than others. That's,
0: that's crazy. We totally agree on that. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I think like, I like the, a little bit of like the rougher sound, you know, um, because yeah. of the times in a, a mechanical bull, like, and I feel like, I'm, I don't know. It's cool that we, we agree on that. Cause I feel like that's kind of rare. I don't really meet another fan that like, those are the two favorites. So that's dope. Uh,
1: But but I have a kind of mixed relationship because like when I'm listening to it uh, on my own like at home, or I prefer obviously the more mellow stuff. But uh, live at the shows, I prefer the the earlier songs. Like I'm a huge fan of uh, Black Thumbnail when I hear it live, and I got to see it like a lot. And it's usually the last song or at least in the encore, and everyone goes crazy, including the band. So it's kind of you ha- they have music for every mood and every setting, I, l- I like to say. So I like that all the albums are kind of different, even though I don't agree with people who say they change their sound with Only By The Night. Because if you listen really closely to the albums before, there's always been songs who have kind of uh, be, uh, been, how do you say it, uh, melo- m- more... Like melodic? friendly. Yeah, like yeah. there's been like... Stuff like four kicks and black thumbnail and stuff like that, but they have always been like some songs who already hinted on what's to come. And yeah, even perfect. though on because of the times, I think uh, don't is knocked up knocked up is on because of the times, is it?
0: Yeah, it's the first song. <laughs> okay. you got oh, it. Oh yeah.
1: So so yeah. I mean, come on, that's already like very how should I say melodic, you know? Oh yeah, and so yeah, so, I,
0: like I mean they they went from like, you know, they played with U2 on the Because of the Times tour. um, Yeah. And it's like, or maybe it was before that. I can't remember exactly, but I I know that they like,
1: it was a steady
0: (laughs) steady evolution, right? Into that more big anthemic like arena rock sound. So yeah, it wasn't, it certainly didn't feel to me as someone who I was a fan before, Only By The Night just happened to hear their music. And so I feel like when Only By The Night came out, I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like, it feels like, a move in the right in the right not the right but like it feels like a a natural progression from because of the times and that more anthemic sound and um caleb has always been and the band they've always been great songwriters and so i think that that's that's just what they were trying to do they were just like let's write good songs let's let's have it be produced well and like it just happened to be that huge record which i think they deserve you know
1: yeah definitely yeah
0: so do you have like um I know that it's hard to pick favorites, but do you have like a top five favorite Kings of Leon songs?
1: Yeah, I I don't uh, tend to overanalyze, you know, the, the, the lyrics and the sounds and stuff. I I always like mostly my favorites go with, uh, moods and experiences, you know, like for example, I already talked about black thumbnail. It's like, it, it reminds me of experiencing it live. Um, the song that really got me into them was uh, Manhattan. I really like this one. I always come back to it so because I think it. Caleb's vocals on it are insane. You know, I I really like his his voice on that one. Um, another song I really like is uh, True Love Way. Yeah. It's, it's kind of this big song, and I was fortunate enough to see it live. And it's kind of, it blew me away, you know, like... I was so excited uh, when they started playing it because it's not so often these days that they play it. And it, it, it starts like kind of slow and then opens up and I love that life. So Black Thumbnail, Manhattan, True Love Way. I, I, I love Four Kicks basically because of the insane music video. I don't know if you have seen it. It's oh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's really true. cool. Mm-hmm. So, but from the newer ones, I really like Tonight from Mechanical Bull. I think it's a great song. And also from the Walls album, I think it's Find Me that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I do have favorites, but I also have songs and that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I have songs that I skip. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't like okay. everything.
0: Let's talk <laughs> about it. Let's talk about it. So what are the songs that you skip?
1: Uh, I hate Pony Up. Okay. I think it's on ca- Camera and Sundown. I don't know why. It's I mean it's obviously not the bad song. I'm, I cannot be the judge of that because I have no musical bone in my body. No, that's but
0: okay though. You have, a, you can have your preferences, right?
1: I just didn't connect with this song, you know? And I also, um, I hope I pronounce it right. Um, it's Camaro Camaro.
0: Yeah. Camaro. I don't,
1: know. I don't really like this one. Don't like and it.
0: I love Camaro, but
1: I know so many fans do, but it's just, you know, just preference. Me- yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So, It's so funny when, when I hear fans say like, Oh, I love everything. There's no good or bad song. I mean, there's no bad song, but there must be songs you connect more with and songs that you connect less with, you know? So, yeah. So I have, I have a couple of songs I skip.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Hey, that's good. I mean, I think it's good that you're not just like blindly blindly taking all the songs with, I don't know. Sometimes people get entranced with like convincing themselves they love everything their favorite band does, you know, and that's not, not, not a vibe um okay maybe they're listening and this is gonna be controversial but do you have a favorite member of the band <laughs>
1: um i mean obviously like what got me into them is is caleb's voice and it's still like my favorite uh thing when it comes to kings of leon so if i would have to pick a favorite i'm gonna say it's caleb you know because like it's I don't, I don't know much about guitars. I don't know much about bass, and I don't know much about drums and stuff like that. So his voice was always the standout thing about Kings of Leon for me. So I'm okay. going to pick a favorite and say Caleb.
0: All right. Well, yeah, I mean, makes sense, right? He's a good-looking guy. He's got like, the best voice in the game. So I get it, you know? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think, like... I've always really liked Matt's guitar playing. Like I'm I'm a singer, but I also play guitar and I feel like I, I've always yeah. had a, a, like a respect for like his lead playing. And he's always really precise. Um, I feel like he's, he's kind of an underrated member of the band. So I think like, I'm going to say Matt just, you know, today I mean, that, that opinion might change tomorrow. I don't yeah,
1: know. Yeah. The thing with Matt is, I think what's, what's really amazing to see is that, um, uh, he he changed like that's my opinion as a fan i cannot say it like musically but he used to be really really quiet and on stage like he was stuck in his corner and you know like maybe not very confident to step out and and steal the show let's say but Mm -hmm. especially during the wars tour he kind of he was all over the place you know left right and he kind of uh, seemed to enjoy himself more. So I was really uh, happy about seeing that. So he kind I I felt like he kind of went into the spotlight a little bit more, which he obviously deserves. Like you said, I mean, um, I've heard from a couple of other people that he's a really good player. And so I was happy to see that, that he was out a little bit more and, and took the spotlight a little bit more often.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I love, I love what he does. Um, so when, when you met the band, what, what were they like? I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm sure you didn't have too much time with them, but like, what was your impression?
1: I mean, like, obviously it's not, not very easy to meet them because they they don't have, you know, meet and greets, stuff like that. I mean, which I'm okay with because, like, either you, you want to do it or you don't. And, you know, I don't want to force anyone to, to meet me. Sure. Um, and they are just not that kind of band who who, you know, puts on media and greets and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, they put up this festival, um, the Music City Food and Wine Festival in Nashville. Yeah. And it was pretty clear early on that they are walking around over there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna admit, I mean, obviously, like if you go there as a fan, you go there to get the chance to meet them, you know. I mean the wine and the food is a good side effect, but obviously, obviously you're hoping you get to meet them. And what I liked about it, it, um, kind of gave a chance to approach them without stalking them because I, um, I really, I would never, you know, go to the hotel and try to meet them stuff like that because it's kind of their private space. So it was a good, it was a good platform to, you know, meet them, uh, in a relaxed setting, let's say. So, we did get a chance to chat a little bit, I mean, like a couple of minutes. So it was a really cool meeting and they're all really nice. Like they were really attentive. They kind of asked questions, stuff like that. So it was a good experience to meet them. Sometimes when you meet your idols, you know, it can go really, really wrong. wrong mm-hmm. But I, like I haven't met Matthew yet. He's really private, so I didn't want to bother him. Mm-hmm. but I have met like uh, Nathan, Jared and Caleb and all of them. They are really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They seem, they seem like pretty cool dudes. So I'm glad that it was good. I feel like I would be nervous to meet them too. Cause I might, I don't know. You always wonder if it's going to like taint your perception of them as people or the band or whatever, you know? Exactly. So.
1: I mean, the, f- the first year I've met them two times now at this festival, the first year I was really nervous and I didn't get to talk that much because I, you know, kind of was starstruck. But, uh, they made it really easy to talk to them because of being really attentive and giving you the feeling that, uh, you know, they're happy to see you is maybe a little too much to say, but you know, like they didn't show the cold shoulder. Like, um, once you approach them, they are really nice.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Which
1: helps a lot. Yeah.
0: So, um. Here's another question. So, like, you're someone, right? Who you run a fan blog for them. You've interacted with a lot of fans. You seem like a, a really normal, down to earth person, which is is cool, and you're fun to talk to. What's What are some of like the craziest things that you've seen fans do?
1: I mean, perf- personal preference for me is like I don't know if you have seen like I have done this uh, feature about KOL tattoos. Yeah. On my page.
0: Yeah, I've seen that.
1: I think that's a crazy thing some people do. Like I don't have to choose, you know, I'm not against them, but I like some of them I thought were really, really like big and you know, that's that's one crazy thing I would that's mention. A commitment for sure and Obviously, obviously I have to talk about uh Birmingham sausage. Do you know what I'm who I'm talking about? I do not. <laughs> it it was it was in Birmingham. I think it was don't name me, I think it was 2010 or 2011 during your show, he, he got on he, the shoulders of his friends completely naked. Nice. And I, and during Sex on Fire, I think. And, I, and I, I was in the front and I saw the band looking back and smiling and shaking their heads and, you know, what's going on, what's going on. And oh. I turned around. It was a really funny moment. And he actually they played two nights in a row in Birmingham and they invited him backstage the next day nice no. you know? so it was really cool what's also a crazy thing yeah i mean there's been a couple of things but in terms of crazy what do you mean with kind of crazy
0: i don't know i i, I think like i heard him say in an interview one time that like a fan broke their arm and they wouldn't oh yeah, i've
1: heard about that yeah they, wouldn't they signed th- yeah they signed her cast i think she came back that's what, like it was before I joined the fandom, I think. Okay. But I've heard about this story. I think she broke her arm. Then they convinced her to go to get it, you know, fixed. And she came back and they all signed it. I don't know if it's true, but that's what co- what's going on in the, in the fan groups and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I want to I wanna get one day, I want to get them on the podcast and maybe interview them and see, you know, cause I'm sure that obviously they know all the crazy stories and, Um, they do they do yeah but they're they're certainly like pretty private about stuff that goes down you know I feel like you have a lot of bands that are like share everything and I don't know they seem like keep they keep it pretty play pretty close to the chest as far as interviews go um
1: what what I what I experienced like when like obviously doing the the fan blog and stuff I, I watched like every youtube video there is I think of interviews from back in the day and to now Mm-hmm. And I think there was a kind of a change. I think in the beginning they were really open with uh, connecting with fans and and giving away what they're doing. And I think like we, when they went uh, like more more uh, major in 2008, they kind of changed a little bit because there were some scary incidents, you know, like with all the fans like it was crazy especially in the UK at this time. So you kind but- of have to build up a, Kind of uh, some barriers, you know, to sure be more private,
0: yeah, that so. makes sense because I mean, yeah, like on um, Aha Shake and Because of the Times era, they were like you know famous, especially like in England, but in the States, people didn't really know who they were. Um, I know like my friends didn't really know who they were, like, I was in high school and I was like, listen to Because of the Times, Charmer was my favorite song on that record. I remember like (laughs) I'd play it for my friends and they're like, what is this? This guy's screaming like a dying cat, you know, but to, but to this day, that's still my favorite track. Um, So I don't know. It's definitely makes sense that they would be a little bit more uh, hesitant to uh, share crazy fan experiences, especially now they're all married with kids, you know,
1: that's true. But the, the the funny story about trauma, because you mentioned it, I don't know if you know, and I hope it's true, but I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere. Um, like I would say like the song is really hard to sing and I would ex- uh, say it's a really big strain on his voice because yeah. of all the screaming. Yeah. But I, th- I think I read somewhere that, uh, that he said it's, o- it's actually one of the easier songs to sing. So that really surprised me, you know? Yeah.
0: He, he just has such a rad, like crazy scream, you know? Um, yeah. I think my favorite, obviously I wasn't there, but. One of my favorite live shows, speaking of watching on stuff on YouTube, I think my favorite live gig of theirs kind of pre only by the night era is the Hammersmith Apollo one. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. And the the version of Charmer on that, your live recording is just like perfect and like so like menacing, you know? Um, yeah. Do you have any, I know you've been to a lot of shows. Do you have a favorite live show that they've, that's up on YouTube that's recorded?
1: I think I don't know if it's on YouTube but it definitely was recorded. It's uh, the Slane Castle one in Dublin. Um it's been yeah. kind of an, an anniversary show of the Slane Castle site and they had all these bands like Thin Lizzy were opening for them stuff like that and it was just it was I think also the biggest show I've been to. It was like 80,000 uh, Kings of Leon fans like it was not a festival it was really like the Kings of Leon show, they were uh, the headliner and invited other bands to play before them. So it was 80,000 people and it was just crazy. I mean, the Irish are one of the best crowds and it was a really cool atmosphere and just really, really big. But that's what I, what I regret a little bit. Like I've only seen them um, in the arenas and in the really big venues, like Hyde park in London is always like 65,000 people. And I wish, uh, like, I would have seen them earlier on, like, in the smaller venues, because it's a different kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe I, I will get the chance at a special gig one day.
0: <laughs> you de- I mean, Danny, if anyone deserves it, you deserve it, you know? Like, you keep <laughs> the, the fandom alive with the fan blog. So, I'm also going to put that out in the universe. I feel like you deserve to have, like, a personal meet and greet with them. You deserve to, like, be at a super intimate gig, you know? for all the support. I think that'd be awesome. So if they're listening to this,
1: that would be cool. <laughs>
0: that'd be dope. I think, I think you deserve it. Um, one of my favorite YouTube performances that they did was off after the mechanical Bull album, they did the Amex, like funny. Ooh, skits.
1: I, I was at this one. I was at this one.
0: You were at like that. They one?
1: recorded, they recorded it in London.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Shepherds, so like, Shepherds Bush. For whatever reason, those, the, the, the skits that they did with Fred Armisen are still on YouTube. Yeah. The, the performances are gone. So like, the version of Knocked Up that they did is, like, so rad. And me and my little brother, that was our favorite live version of Knocked Up. And, like, it's yeah. not it's not on the internet anymore. I'm just, like, so... I mean, if up.
1: you want it, I can... I probably shouldn't say this on record, but if you want it, I could send it to you. Oh, my gosh. But if
0: you send it... To, okay, you you I have I'm to sure send it had to, had it to it me. Somewhere. Because, like, my little brother, yeah. he's, been, he's been wanting to hear that for, like, I don't know how long it's been down for. But, yeah, if you could send I that... Mean,
1: I think that the probability is really high that I have it somewhere, but I will look it up. And if I have it, I'm going to send it like this was, was a, like, I think the smallest show, it was like three, 5,000 people only. I think it was the smallest I've seen at the smallest venue I've ever seen them. And I managed to, to see it in front row. And it was a really cool show. Although like Caleb was, was kind of sick and you could see like he had, uh, he struggled with his voice and maybe that's the reason why it's not not online anymore oh man. i felt I, fe- I really felt bad for him during pyro. you could really see like and, uh, you always can tell that his voice is uh not the best when nathan sing- sings a lot of his parts yeah so yeah. he was helping him a lot that day <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Cause I didn't even notice. I really love like the, the sonic quality of those the recordings that Amex did. I thought, it
1: I mean, he, it, his know? voice is so amazing. Like you can hardly tell, like I only knew because I was like literally like three feet away from him. You know, you could see that he yeah. was struggling. You yeah. couldn't hear it. You could see it.
0: <laughs> right. So, right.
1: so that's also one thing I want to point out. Like, um, there's been this, you mentioned it already, these cancellations that happened in 2011 and stuff. And mm-hmm. when Nathan broke his shoulder, yeah. but um, like they are, you know, they, I know for a fact that especially Nathan plays a lot, uh, played a lot during times where his wrist was hurt or his shoulder was hurt. And they only cancel shows when, when they really have to. Yeah. So I kind of, hate it when people slammed them for the 2011 cancellations because they have done thousands and thousands of shows where they could have canceled like for being sick or for for other reasons and kind of pushed through you know so it's kind of sad to to hear people talk about them being a band that doesn't show up um which is not true like i would love to see a statistics you know like of shows they played and the percentage that were all, uh, that were canceled. I'm pretty sure they are, they are one of the bands who don't cancel that often.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely was, was, uh, have always been one of the people that, that defends them. You know, I feel like they got some blowback after the 2011 cancellations, but you got to keep in mind, like they were coming from the only by the night era where they literally were like on huge arena tours for like two years. And just like the fact that they were even able to get in and make a record as good as coming Around sundown is, is unbelievable, you know? And like, I just, if anything, I just want them to stay healthy and be able to keep making music. Cause like, you know, as a musician myself, obviously, you know, I'm nowhere near Kings of Leon and I would never claim to be, but it's like, I know what it's like to try and make albums and to perform. And it's, it's so much work. And I think people don't really realize like how hard it is. And uh, so, you know, I just want them to be healthy and like, they definitely, have always pulled through for me as a fan and, you know, love those dudes. So, um, we're here to defend them till the day we die. That's my job.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well I feel like that's like a kind of a, a good place to, to wrap up. Danny, do you have any like other thoughts or like things you want to plug things you want to tell people who listen to my podcast about?
1: Um, no, I'm just excited. Uh, you gave me the opportunity to share some thoughts on our favorite band and maybe for, for future reference, like you mentioned, uh, about talking about the skills uh, they have as musicians. Yeah. I would be really interested in a podcast uh, about, you know, like their qualities as, as a musician, like if you ever get a chance to discuss um, their skills with other musicians. Yeah, uh, that would be really cool because I haven't seen like that around like
0: absolutely like well, Nathan I mean,
1: as a drummer or Jared as a bassist no
0: yeah I mean like um
1: maybe their style and what's unique about them stuff like that I would really really like to see something about that
0: yeah no I I think that's a good idea maybe I'll do like a part two where I talk about like their influences I feel like you know their influences stem from everything from like Joy Division to like the Eagles to Thin Lizzy. And I've definitely studied like their musicianship a ton. And so I I think I, I could probably talk about that for like five hours. So my little brother is a, is a musician as well. So maybe we'll, I'll get him on the podcast and we can do like a Kingsley on special where we like break down some of the songs. And um, I did. I think
1: that would be really cool because that's not really around.
0: Yeah, I I did um, on this podcast actually. Um, two episodes ago, I did like a 10 kind of obscure guitar solos that you might not have mm-hmm. heard. Um,
1: and one of them was the live guitar solo for crawl. Oh, um, ooh, that's also one of my favorite songs. I forgot to mention that. It's so oh, that's good. private.
0: Why <laughs> <laughs> it's private. Why? Yes. <laughs> no, you got to say it. Come on. What? Well, no, no,
1: I'm not going to say it.
0: You're not going to say let's it. Say,
1: let's say it's it's from, It's from. just a really, really good song to hear live.
0: Okay. All right. All right. right. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But, um, yeah, so maybe we'll do a, a more musician focused breakdown on another episode. Um, we can do that when I'm touring with them, I'll interview them and be like, uh, exactly. You know, like
1: I keep, I keep fingers crossed for you. Hope they, they see it and hear you. Um, obviously like, like that's like, I discovered a lot of bands, uh, like I'm also uh, going to a lot of shows from other bands Mm -hmm. But I discovered a lot of bands because of uh, them supporting. So I always like to check out new bands. So I think it's a great, great opportunity to present yourself to a bigger audience. If you get a spot on one of the bigger tours and yeah, I keep fingers crossed for you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Danny, you're awesome. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you came on and did this. Um, So cool to chat with you across the world. You know, I hope that lockdown is, Treats you, treats you all right, and um, I hope you get to go to that intimate live gig that you deserve. All right. Thank you. I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk. So. Um,
1: Anytime. <laughs> maybe maybe when the new album comes out, we can discuss it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that for sure. Um, and please send me that version of that live version of "Knocked Up" if you have it, because I. I will look for it. It's like my favorite. All right, hey, I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
1: Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: And now let's listen to one of my tunes. This is Hold Me Closer.